What's up, guys? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns, and we are arriving now at camp. This is Wednesday, July 27th. All of the veterans are at camp now, and uh, the first official practice will be today, Wednesday the 27th. And yeah, this is great. A lot of things happening, a lot of moving parts. We'll talk about some things that took place as far as arrivals and announcements and some some early roster movement. But before we do that, I want to talk about putting a bow on our 2022 audio preview. We have gone through uh, every position group and broken some of them into two podcasts looking at bigger players at the position and talking about those guys. You can find, if you're interested... Based on what's on the roster right now, now this wouldn't be something if we move forward a couple weeks and some changes are made, but based on that offseason roster, I gave you all of the insights, predictions, and performance indicators and all of that for for, uh, the upcoming season for every position. Go back and check those out if you're interested. You're ready to get in the mood for some Browns football. So those are all available. And then two other podcasts I think you should listen to as camp's about to start here. I had that analytics preview at TA who does such a great job and has that downloadable guide you should check out and then just yesterday did my 53-man roster prediction with Jared Mueller and this is obviously before I call this pre-evidence the evidence being training camp and preseason games to then change alter adjust what I think the final 53-man will be uh, come late August so check that out well worth your time especially getting to know where the tight spots are on the roster all of that stuff so Uh, Again, it's a fun exercise to do once and then a fun exercise to do a second time as you get some more evidence and uh, understanding uh, after evidence of, you know, preseason training camp, all that stuff. So anyway, let's move on to wrapping up every part of the Browns roster, which we have to talk about special teams. Okay, so special teams starts with three core people. Alrighty. So you're going to have a long snapper. That's Charlie Hewlett. He's been around eight years now for the for the Browns, which is a pretty amazing stretch. He was actually signed by the Cowboys as a UDFA in 2012. They waived him August of 2012. He was back with them a couple more times before latching on with New England in 2014, then the Jaguars in late 2014, back to New England's practice squad. Uh, again in early September of 14. Then he ended up with the Browns practice squad in 2014. Browns released him, and he went back to New England before going to Kansas City in 2014, talking about tumultuous run, then back to Cleveland's active roster in 2014. He has been there since, uh, in Cleveland, obviously, here. So he's uh, the special teams captain by teammates named in 2019. He's handled all snapping duties since 2015, 19 career special team stops, so that means he gets down the field on those punt snaps makes plays downfield. He's a tackler. He can get after it a little bit too. So that's your anchor number one. He's on the roster, right? Charlie Hewlett hopefully has another healthy year. The next is the leader in the clubhouse, Corey Bjorquez, okay? Um, People call him Bojo. You can call him whatever you want. He is the leader in the clubhouse for kicking, punting, sorry, punting. I should uh, delineate the two. He's out of New England where he was a UDFA in 2018, weighed by the Patriots, claimed by the Bills. He was with the Bills, then the Rams, and then the Rams traded him over to Green Bay, where he punted last year. Now he's signed with the Browns. 57 career games, punted the ball 218 times for 9,890 yards, 45.4 punt average since entering the league in 2018. Kicked the two longest punts in the NFL over the last two seasons, a 72-yarder in 2020 and an 82-yarder in 21. He led the league with an average of 50.8 yards per punt in 2020, tied for fourth best in league history. 
set a Packers single season record with 46.5 average in 2021. It's pronounced Bohorquez. So I was messing that up, right? So he's, um, it's, it, what's interesting is he kicks with his left foot, he's right handed, a little bit different for me. I throw with my right hand, do everything with my right hand. Uh, I guess it's the same as me, is what we would say. I don't kick with my left foot, though, but I swing a bat and golf club and all that left handed. Um, anyways, out of New Mexico, I just thought, thought we should share some things about Bjorquez because B. Bohorquez, Bohorquez, Corey Bohorquez. Got to get better at saying that. I think everybody could get better at saying that. His pronunciation, Bohorquez, Corey Bohorquez. So get that right. Um, he's, which, which, you know, what you might be wondering is if he's got this tremendous leg, why does he keep bouncing around the league? Like he should be snatched up and kept somewhere. He graded out as the 17th best punter with a 62 grade from Pro Football Focus. And a lot of what the issues are is outpunting the coverage. He, he actually doesn't quite acquire the hang time that some teams prefer, and that's why he doesn't do as well uh, grade out-wise. He was 13th in 52 attempts for the Bills. So, you know, I, listen, it's all who you want around. I think some of it, too, that is interesting in people I've talked to is he doesn't hold very well. And when you don't hold very well, you're expected to be the kicker, uh, the holder for the kick team. And, and if you don't hold well, uh, it's going to affect your, you know, your, your, your ability to, to successfully kick field goals. You, know, you need your kicker to trust his holder. I've heard rumblings of that. Uh, maybe the Browns just landed a nice player here. It's all going to work out. We'll see what it looks like punting for him in Cleveland. But the only other special teams practice squad guy is Joseph Charlton. He's the special teams, uh, like I said, leader in the clubhouse to be on the practice squad. So he's three years of experience out of South Carolina, big old beard. He's a punter. He actually has been active for a significant portion of his career. So he's with the Panthers at the UDFA in 20. They waived him. He signed to Kansas City's practice squad in 21. He was released from the Chiefs practice squad in 21, signed with the Jags practice squad in December, and then he signed a futures deal with Cleveland in February. But he punted 45 times in 2020 for the Panthers and then 21 times in 2021. He was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week in Week 16 of 2020. He was in 21 games of action with Carolina, tied the single-game record with five punts inside the 20 against Washington in 2020, registered the third-highest punt average in Carolina history in 2020. And, you know, if you look at his 2020 season, he had the fifth-best punt grade, uh, including 21 punts inside the 20-yard line. So I think he's more than fine. I think you're not going to really see a competition. I mean, unless Borges is terrible, I don't really see it being a competition. They gave him a 1.5 cap number this year, and then if they cut him, they lose 1.5. Like, they gave him that guaranteed salary. So... I've talked about this all off season where you sort of follow the money, right? And Charlton, who, who again, sort of reeks of practice squad to me as an insurance uh, set up here for, for having a guy who can kick if you need to bring a guy up, whether punt or kick, he's, he's punter, less kicker, but um, he's, he's only a futures contract, which is 895,000. If he makes the roster, there's no dead cap. So you follow the money here, but, but you know, Bajorquez is, the leader in the clubhouse makes the most sense. But I did want to just have that conversation about Joseph Charlton's very capable uh, player at that position. And um, uh, it, it should be known because I don't think anybody's really talked about him all too much in terms of uh, what he can do at that spot if they need him to be out there. Or if, you know, Borges has a terrible run. I mean, it's possible that 
Charlton just completely out punts him. Uh, so, you know, uh, anyway, the kicking situation is Cade York and nobody else. So we'll see how much the faith pays off. I mean, his two straight 90 graded kicking seasons where he made all of his extra points in uh, 2020 and 2021. Here's a fun fact that 2019 LSU team, you know, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and, and all of them, uh, he had 89 extra points made out of 93. He had 93. That tells you how many points those, the team at LSU scored. 93 extra point attempt for York. And then uh, 2020 only had 36 and 21 he only had 39. So that gives you a glimpse into how amazing that 2019 LSU offense was and when it went back downhill after that. But he had two great kicking grades. He was 15 of 18 um, field goals his Final year, he was 18 of 21. The year before that in 2020, 5 of 6 uh, from 30 to 39 yards in 2020. He missed one kick of 40 to 49. He was 3 of 4. And then 6 of 7 on 50-plus yarders. 5 of 7 on 50-plus yarders in 21. So there's plenty of talent here. Plenty of talent, plenty of leg. His contract is set up to be here for a while, you know, taken where he was selected. Uh, He's still a very young player. Cade is... Uh, 21, just over 21. Uh, he won't turn 22 until January of next year. So there's a ton of talent here. It's fourth round pick, pick 124, gets paid accordingly. Cap numbers of 8 million, one, just over 1 million the following year, 1.16 and 24, and then 1.2 and 25. So very affordable. They need to give him everything he needs to succeed. I suspect they will, and I think he'll be a very, uh, very good NFL kicker over time if we. You know, how quickly that happens, I don't know, but I believe in him uh, to be a really good player, uh, and, I, and I hope that he gets a chance to prove that in Cleveland and they don't get too hasty with the decision-making there. So that's punter-kicker, that's holder, that's that's everything, um, that's long snapper. We've got to talk about returns. I mean, Jakeem Grant's obviously going to be the guy. He's got two kickoff return touchdowns in his career, 2019 and 2018. He has four punt return touchdowns, one last year in Chicago, one in 2020, one in 2018, one in 2016. Has had really good punt return grades for four out of six seasons. Continues to be a vital asset in that regard. He's had three really strong kickoff return seasons. I expect him to handle both. He's being paid well. He's got a couple years in Cleveland. I think he's going to handle both of those duties, and I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, last year, Demetric Felton was handling a lot of punt returns. He had 32 punt returns, only a 7.1 yards per attempt number, and four muffed punt returns. Can't You can't have four muffed punt returns. It's just, it's just you know, and he's lucky enough to fall on all of them, but you can't have that many. So Felton, I think, will continue to get reps there to improve and be a, a player long-term when maybe Jakeem Grant's gone, but... You know, he's not the answer for me right this second, but it doesn't mean they stop working with him. Donovan Peoples-Jones also got some punt returns last year. He had 12 returns for 95 yards, only a 7.9 average. He didn't muff any returns and hasn't in his two years. He had 20, uh, he had in 2020, he had 19 punt returns, graded a little bit better on those punt returns. He had 18 kickoff returns to DPJ in 2020, but that went down to completely nothing in 2021 because they tried Anthony Schwartz back there. Um, and, and Felton got some opportunities there too. Felton had nine returns for 172 yards for a 19.1 average. Schwartz had 15 returns for 322, a 21.5. So it does seem like Schwartz could handle that duty, uh, over time and certainly be a guy continuing to get reps back there. 
He got rocked in that New England game. He got that concussion that kept him out for a significant amount of time. He only returned one more kick. That was against Pittsburgh on the road in Week 17 after that. So we'll see. I mean, I I would imagine the guy with that kind of build-up speed, you really would like him to continue to get uh, kick return reps. Punt returns a little more twitchiness than burst. But kick returns with the build speed, I think it'd be a really good thing for him to do. I expect Felton, I expect Schwartz to continue to do those duties behind Grant and then, you know, I, I continue to harp on this, but Dearness Johnson was really good kick return duties in 2020. And in 2021, again, when he had only six returns, but he had 139 yards and a 23.2 average. So he's pretty dang good kick returner. And I, I don't know if they'll go to him. We'll see. I mean, listen, the Seahawks had Chris Carson retire today so i don't know maybe they're poking around they that we talked about this leading up to camp at a position of strength or some team with an injury might come calling and this could be a situation where dearness or kareem hunt are called about but but back to this example dearness had 19 kick returns in 2020 for 471 that's a 24.8 yard average really like that he's returned five punts in his career but i think he's He's a nice kick returner, and I like having running backs as your kick returner, man. They're just used to toting the rock. It's not uncomfortable in any way. So that's your setup for special teams. I mean, we're not going to really go in too deep. It's fringe guys at the bottom of the roster, your linebackers, your Tony Fields, your your Sione Takitakis, your Anthony Walkers are going to be huge in that regard. Your tight ends always get a lot of action in specials. Your end-of-the-roster safeties, LeCount. Uh, Harrison will get plenty of opportunity. Your late corners like your Herb Millers in this situation this year, you'll probably see if they keep a guy like Sean Jolly, who I predicted would make the roster yesterday, that would be a heavy dose of his work. And they end in wide receivers too. Those wide receivers play a role, especially as gunners or contain guys on kickoff teams. So those end of the uh, position group guys are the ones that are going to be the most uh, impactful special teams performer. So, that is it, though. That's the preview. That's everything covered for your Cleveland Browns. I hope you enjoyed the audio preview. We're going to take a quick break and then very quickly touch on what we saw as the players arrived in Cleveland for the first day of training camp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so the big news is two players specifically, right? Jack Conklin, Denzel Ward, both placed on the uh, active pup list, uh, physically unable to perform. So Jack Conklin, we know about the knee, patella tendon tear. We know Denzel Ward hurt that foot, ankle in 
OTAs, or I think it was mini camp actually. And just a reminder on what this this means, the physically unable to perform list. It's a designation the NFL uses for players who suffered injuries during football-related activities prior to the start of training camp. So obviously both of those injuries were in team activity-based settings, practices or games. Players on the PUP list may practice. Uh, sorry, they uh, wipe that out. Uh, the PUP list guys may participate in team meetings, use team training in medical facilities, but cannot practice with the team. So it's two separate PUP lists. An active PUP list used prior to the start of the regular season, which is where we're at, and then a reserve PUP list, which is obviously in season. So a player who's a result of football-related injuries unable to partake in training camp practices may be assigned to that PUP list. Right? They they cannot. Uh, a player cannot be placed on the PUP list, however, once they have taken the field for a practice or a game. So the minute they take the field for practice, they're, the benefit of uh, opening up a roster spot there for, for some flexibility is gone. So they have to make that decision. So those two guys, again, not ex- unexpected. Jack Conklin coming back from a serious knee injury. I think they're going to be very patient with him. I wouldn't even be surprised if he starts the season uh, missing the first three games on IR and then comes back. That's just me. And I think that's not the worst case scenario with Hubbard and Uh, Hudson getting reps there too so Denzel Ward I've rumblings have been out about this not a surprise to me that he would maybe be slow to start training camp uh, because of that foot injury the the specific the specificity of the injury is unknown at this time but nobody seems really concerned close to that situation I think he'll be fine and he'll just kind of be worked back in but work back in over the next two weeks so the other two uh, that were of note here is they're placed on the active non-football injury so uh, these two were, um, again, active non-football injuries. So these things happened prior to camp, but not at football-related activities. That's Sheldon Day, who has a back issue, and Anthony Walker has a groin issue. So non, um, you know, non-football injury and illness is is interesting. So the active one here is players who report to training camp injured or ill due to injuries or illness sustained outside of NFL practices or games and can be placed on active non-football injury or active non-football illness list while they recover. A player cannot remain on an NFL list if they participate in practice or a game during the preseason. Players on these lists still count toward the 90-man roster limits prior to the start of the regular season. If a player on the active NFI list is injured or ill by the final roster cutdown date, they can then be placed on reserve non-football injury or reserve non-football illness list and not count toward the 53-man and save them that way. So that's just some roster finagling stuff that goes on. The only other player is Javon Wims, who was actually placed on the non-football illness. So I don't know if that's COVID-19 related or what. It does not specify, but he is on the non-football illness list. I expect all of these guys to be back at some point. I have not heard anything to severity of these issues, but nonetheless, um, these are the names that came up. And listen, there's Marquise Brown was one in Arizona. There's a lot of guys that start the year on the pup list, you know, for different situations, injuries that happened the year before, uh, or injuries that happened during off season sessions. So, uh, with these ones here from the Browns, I'm not worried about them. I don't think they're very serious. I think they'll be fine. Um, we have a time frame on most of these guys. And, uh, to me again, nothing crazy, wild, unexpected, but I would like to see, uh, the guy that I w- want to see get back most is David Bell, who's the young rookie wide receiver who I, w- I want to get as many reps as possible. We'll see uh, where his issues ultimately go, but he is also on the pup list as we start training camp. But they have said it should not be a long wait. But anyway, that's kind of it. That's the news. We got everybody arrived. The Browns were in uniform doing a bunch of picture-related things. That's fun to look at, checking out their social media stuff. You can see all of that. 
Um, but otherwise, uh, tra- training camp is on, man. It's ready to rock and roll. I think fans can get in and watch them on Saturday, I believe. Media will be there getting some video shot and all that stuff tomorrow. But yeah, football season is here. It's exciting stuff. We'll have John Colosimo on tomorrow. We're going to look around and talk about the AFC North and what they did, what we liked, what we don't like, the concerns we have or whatever um, about all of those teams. And again, a strong AFC North. We'll go through that tomorrow. So check it out and join us for a fun show on your Thursday. But that's it for today, and we'll continue to update you on everything possible about training camp as every single day concludes, taking you up to preseason, uh, and a ton of fun conversations coming between now and then. Thanks for checking out today's episode, guys. Have a fantastic Wednesday, and go Browns!